Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, an outreach of Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. If you like what you hear, visit us at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and you'll get to our merchandise. Now, get ready for a huge dose of truth and a huge dose of common sense. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Today is a fantastic day. It's even a fantastic day for you, even if it hasn't caught up to you just yet. Let me explain to you what I mean. Today, here in the good old United States of America, is the National Day of Prayer. The first Thursday of May every year, National Day of Prayer. And this is where the nation um, comes together for prayer. And I was the keynote speaker at an event here in what we call the Antelope Valley. This is the Palmdale-Lancaster area. I was the keynote speaker at our National Day of Prayer event that was hosted by the Antelope Valley Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And wow, what, what a great event we had. In just a moment, I'm going to put my um, message on here. I just wanted to come on and just, you know, greet you and just tell you, give you a little backdrop if you weren't there. Please find my Facebook under Rob Enos or Greater Works Christian Church or Table Flippers. You'll find some of the pictures and the short little video clips of the event. And, um, you know, I'm sure it'll it'll move you. It was a powerful event. I was sitting at the head table. Um, that's not something I always like to do. I just like to be with everybody else out in the uh, audience and such. But nonetheless, I was sitting next to the captain of the California Highway Patrol in our area. Fantastic guy. Uh, we had, and on that was on my right-hand side. On my left-hand side, I had uh, one of the Palmdale City, city council members, but at this event we had the uh, acting captain for the local um, sheriff's department. We had representatives for Mike Garcia and Scott Wilkes and uh, Tom Lackey. Those are all our local politicians. We had all kinds of business people, pastors, uh, leaders on every level from our community there. So it was a powerful event just by bringing those people together. And then, of course, they asked me to come up and speak to them. And I was asked to speak on fearlessness. Now, typically, when I go speak somewhere, I like to pick my topic, you know. And what I mean by that, I pray about it and whatever I feel Holy Spirit says. So when they told me, you're going to speak on fearlessness, I was like, oh, I, I am? You know, I, I it, it just, it sort of in a way caught me off guard, but I went, okay. And uh, so I did it and uh, I didn't, you know, Holy Spirit didn't have to change it or anything like that because number one, they asked me and if I said yes, I'm going to do what I was asked to do. But, but actually, that would have probably been something that I would have spoke about anyways, because anybody that really knows me knows how frustrated I get with the church world that's just not acting as strong as it should. And hence, this is the whole reason why uh, I have table flippers, because I'm flipping tables in the church world primarily, but not only, but primarily. So anyways, enough of that. Uh, let me um, put on the my, uh, what do you want to call it, a speech, a sermon, my encouragement, whatever you want to call it. But these are my words at our National Day of Prayer event here in Palmdale, California. 
And how about the food and the coffee? Let's give them a round of applause. Again, I do appreciate being here. Um, I feel very honored being here. When I was asked to be a part of this, I didn't mind being a part of it, but then I was asked to be the keynote speaker, and I was it's like, is there food? <laughs> I'm there. Some of you think I'm joking. <laughs> One of the things we love to do around our church is eat, and eat a lot. And then we even have workout nights to work off what we just ate. No lie. I want to read something from Jan John Adams, not Jan Adams, John Adams. He says, the liberties of our country, the freedom of our civil constitution are worth defending against all hazards. And it is our duty to defend them against all attack. And I would add, if those attacks come from within or from the outside, it is still our duty as Americans to defend our constitution and our freedoms yep. at all costs. And I'd even go as far as to say, even if it costs you, your life. We have many law enforcement here, which I appreciate. Please give them another round of applause. <laughs> Far too often they're asked to put themselves between uh, danger, somebody to hurt somebody else, and that person who's about to be hurt, and they jump in between because they have a duty to defend the defenseless. And that's why I applaud them and I appreciate them more than they'll ever know. I, I've only done two ride-alongs, no, not in the back. I was in the front seat. And that's all it took for me to understand and have, and grow. I always appreciated law enforcement, but to grow in my appreciation. I did one in, in Lancaster, one in Palmdale, and I came out of it going, people, don't you ever let me hear you say anything negative about our law enforcement. If you understood even just half of what they have to deal with on a daily basis, you would, be, you would, you would buy every one of their meals, You'd be following them around just to buy their meals and to shake their hands. Don't follow them around. That looks weird. You might get in trouble, but you would want to. They are doing such a spectacular job against so many odds. And sometimes those, the odds that they're coming against are not the people in the streets. It comes from Sacramento. It comes from the federal government. It comes from local government. And they have to navigate all this nonsense just to be able to do their job to protect you and me. They deserve a standing ovation for the hard work that they do. And when I say I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate you. And no, don't anybody think that I'm just trying to get out of some tickets. Right now, I have nothing to get out of, okay? Right now. <laughs> The day's young. <laughs> oh, and please do them a favor. It's been raining, slow down. And if somebody is behind you and they want to get around you, just let them go. We were just talking about how crazy it gets out there and some of our uh, officers out there are dealing with stuff they shouldn't even have to deal with, okay? Just slow down and chill. It's gonna be difficult for me. I'm a little bit of a hypocrite about that because I might be the guy behind you trying to get around, so just move over. I was at... I didn't even mean that as a joke, but I, <laughs> everybody at my church's table is just going, oh Lord. <laughs> I was asked to speak on fearlessness. And when they asked me to speak on fearlessness, I said, what if I don't want to speak on fearlessness? But then it hit me, yes, I'm gonna speak on fearlessness because I don't know about you, but we have 
with, with, with COVID and just the things that have been going on in this world right now, there's a, there's a lot of excuses or reasons, I should say, for fear. For fear to rise up, to fear. But it's going, for things to turn around in this nation, in, in this community, in this state, in your own neighborhood, there's going to have to be a people that rise up that don't know the word fear. You see, the Bible in Ephesians 6, verse 10 says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. See, one of the things that happens when you, and this is for everybody, whether you're a Christian or not yet a Christian, you soon will be. One of the things, when God gets a hold of the heart, that heart changes forever. Fear goes out the door. Strength rises up. One of the things that bothers me the most, there's two things that really bug me in this world. Actually, a lot of things my wife will tell you, but I'm going to just narrow it down to two for this discussion. Church leaders that really don't know the word. Oh, that bugs me so much. They have the same Bible I do. Just read it and live it and teach it. It's, it's as simple as that. Don't twist the word. Just teach what it says. And secondly, cowards, especially among church leadership and secondly among Christians, because there's absolutely no reason, no matter what's going on in the world, there's absolutely no reason for the born-again, spirit-filled believer in Jesus Christ to be a coward. We saw with the pandemic, it really exposed what men and people were made of. It exposed us, all of us, every one of us in this room, speaking primarily even to church leaders, but it exposed the church leader, what they really were made of. Many church leaders rent, uh, ran and, and hid away. Oh, well, Fauci told me to put on like 18 masks. They're driving around in the car with the windows rolled up, 18 masks on, a face shield, oxygen tank in the back, and every about 30 seconds, they're spraying to kill germs. Praise Jesus, my Lord and Savior. It's like you're acting like you're afraid to go meet him. I'm just telling you the truth. That wasn't even a joke. God, I'm, I'm doing good today. <laughs> I tried. It just goes everybody over his head. Anyways, today I'm doing good. So anyways, God expects us. God himself, God himself expects you and I. The moment we say yes to Jesus, he expects us from that moment on to grow in our strength because he said it. This is not a suggestion. This is a command of the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not a suggestion, a command. There was nothing in that word that suggests that this is just maybe a good thing to do if you feel like it. This is what my people are supposed to do. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of my might, God says. So that means... I want to shift a little bit, especially to the men in this room. Now, ladies, if your husband is here, do not rib him. Do that later. Don't expose him. But that means, especially men, we are to be physically strong. Because you cannot protect those weaker than you if you don't have some physical strength. I'm not talking you have to be a bodybuilder. I'm not saying you have to be a black belt. But just have the ability to protect those around you. Your wives, your children, and those that weaker around you. What really, again, here's another one, this is number three. What really bothers me is weak men who couldn't, can't protect themselves, protect their wives, protect their children. It's an irritation to me because that's, it's so foreign to me that it bugs me. I, I, I don't even like to be around that. And yet I'm a pastor, I'm supposed to smile and just love them to Jesus anyways. <laughs> Bless God. Bless God. Sit over there next to Todd because he's a real man. Maybe it'll rub off. <laughs> God expects each and every one of us to be mentally and emotionally strong. Yes, we go through things. How many of you have ever been through things? This is not a trick question. You can raise your hand. We've all been through things. But God gives us the strength to overcome it. 
to overcome every issue in our life and every problem in our life, no matter how hard it is, he is giving you his spirit, his power, his authority to overcome it. So God says, yes, I even expect you to be mentally and emotionally strong. That's why when we are going through something, we need the strength of others around us, a good, solid uh, Christ-based community that'll bring strength to us when we can't be strong for ourselves. God expects us to be spiritually strong. What does that mean? Number one, pray. That's what we're doing. But when we do pray, please don't go to God and beg him. Know who you are, know his will, and declare it. Some of you might be struggling in business simply because you haven't been, de- you've been begging God for a good business, but you haven't been declaring a good business. I want you to know that if you serve Jesus, he wants you to be, he wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to be whole. He wants your business to prosper. So declare it. Can you imagine? Think about God in heaven for just a moment. He gives his children all the authority in the universe, all his authority that he won and was secured even at the cross and with his resurrection. He says, I'm giving it to you. And then we take that and go to God. Oh, God, please. Oh, please, maybe if it be thy will. And then we suddenly get King James on him. Oh, if it be thy willeth. (laughs) Thinking that's more spiritual. That's not what the spiritually strong do. The spiritually strong go into God's word, find out what God has already said and declared over us and say, that's the will of God for my life. The spiritually strong will search God's word and find out what he wants for a healthy community. And then we start declaring it and start living it and start walking it out. That's what the spiritually strong do. And that's what God expects of all of us. He expects our businesses to be strong, our marriages to strong to be strong. He expects us to raise strong children. And and men especially, he expects you to be there to raise your children. Because that's what strong men do. Weak men run away from responsibility. Strong men run to their responsibility. He expects our relationships to be strong. He expects our community to be strong. Why? Because strong men and strong Christians, strong believers make strong communities. Weak men, weak uh, Christians make weak communities. And I think if you got into a deep enough discussion with our law enforcement, they would tell you we need strong communities. We need people to stand up and take responsibility of their lives and their actions once again. Somebody just said it a few moments ago. Let's not put that on the law enforcement to do our job as parents or uh, citizens in our community. They shouldn't have to. When I went on those ride-alongs, I came back and I said, you guys are not getting paid enough. This whole defund the police is the most absurd, stupid thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And everybody that will listen, I say, listen, we need to refund them, (laughs) give back what we've taken, and then give them back some more. If ever in my world, in my life, I was willing to give more taxes, it would be for these guys. And I mean that because of the work that they do and do it with excellence. Are there a few bad apples? Even they would admit that there is. But don't let those bad apples make these guys pay for it. Anyways, where was I? That was a free one. (laughs) We saw with the COVID-19 fiasco, I call it a fiasco because it really wasn't what many think it was. With everything that we know now about it, maybe you're in the early stages, we were caught off guard, we didn't know what was going on. But many of the things that we were demanded, that we were demanded that we shut our businesses down, 
unconstitutional. We, we, were, we were told and it was demanded that we shut our churches down. Oh, completely. First Amendment, the very first one, unconstitutional. And what happened? Not all, but so many people caved into an unconstitutional mandate and many pastors said, Romans 13, 3, if you don't know what that means or says, it says that we are, as believers, expected to obey the laws of the land, but none of that was law. Any law, supposed or mandate, that breaks the Constitution, especially the first one, it's the first one for a reason, is not law. But cowards hid behind Romans 13, 3. That's why I say God, and I'm going to say this to the church leaders, God expects us to rise up and be strong and not a bunch of wimps and not a bunch of cowards that may offend some i do that occasionally <laughs> but the truth offends shouldn't but it does peter when arrested for preaching in the name of jesus and ordered not to preach in the name of Jesus anymore. He says, no, I'm going to listen to God, not man. I'm going to work out and, and live by God's rules, not man's rules. So I'd even go as far as, and yes, there's law enforcement. I might ride in the back of a police car soon. But even if a quote-unquote law is passed that goes against the very word of God, we are still subject to God's word first. It really bothered me. Like I said, it bothers me at the core of who I am when I'm around cowardly pastors, especially because we are supposed to be leading God's people into strength, showing men what it is to be true men, showing women what it is. To, well, I'm not going to show women what it is to be a true woman, but my wife will do that. There should be no confusion over gender in the church. Second Timothy 1 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. I'm not there yet. <laughs> but she's right. It goes on to say, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. That's how we're supposed to live. That's where we live from. That's where we rule from. That's how we walk. That's how we meet the rest of, of our community. That's how we meet our churches. That's how we meet a pandemic with power, with love, and a sound mind. Not fear, because that's not from God. Anytime you are experiencing fear, it comes from the fearful one, not our God. I refuse to give in to fear. I'm, I'm just as human as anybody else. Things hit me. Things concern me. But what I, I'm smart enough to recognize where it comes from and shut it down. And then I say, what does God's word say? And regardless of how I feel, I'm going to do God's word, regardless of how I feel. I'm going to stand up for righteousness. I'm going to stand up for holiness. I'm going to stand up for God's word. Even in the face, if, if my peers are coming against me, which many did, which many did, straight to my face. I was told I was going to kill people, so I was called a murderer. I, told, I was told that the old people in my church were all going to die because I wouldn't shut the doors of my church. I was told these things. I can brag on my Jesus and tell you, we didn't lose one person. Not one. We stayed open and we gave a place, an open door of hope for the people that were in fear. And we prayed for them. We laid hands on them without a mask, without gloves. I didn't slather up with, as a matter of fact, I started throwing that stuff away because I said, I'm not going to be moved by fear. People say, well, you're going to die. You're going to get it and die. I got it. If I'm dead, heaven is strange. 
you all beat me here. We made it. Do you know why? Our God. Our God. It's as simple as that. Put him first. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this. I'm going to read this out of what's called the literal translation because, well, I just liked it. It says, watch, exclamation point, watch. Stand fast in the faith, exclamation point. Be men, that's what it says, exclamation point. Be strong, another exclamation point. I like that one because it says, with an exclamation point, be men. Men stand up for those around them. Men don't offend, they defend. Men don't seek somebody else's harm, but to protect them. Men throw themselves between the people that they care about and harm that's coming towards them. Men do this. And what we've seen is the cowardly and the weak in places they should never have been. They run and hide or they push onto you and me their job, making us responsible not only for our lives, but their lives and everybody else's life in that sense. But strong men take responsibilities for their own lives, for their families, for their businesses, for their righteousness. Do you know real men? It's been traditional that many men stay home while the wife and kids go to church. Real men are the first ones up and make sure that their family is getting to church. Real men get their families to church. They don't push it off on their wife. Just telling you the truth. The words there, be men, is actually one word in the original in the Greek. It means to make a man, to make a man of, or to make brave. So in that day, in that culture, just by the fact that somebody was a male, a man, they were expected to be brave. See, real men, they raise their sons especially to be brave. Soft in the sense of they're not gonna go purposely hurt somebody. But if it meant protecting somebody else, they're gonna hurt somebody. Brave, they're gonna jump in front of danger to protect other people. That was just expected of the males in that day and in that culture. And the word of God has never gone out of style. I know many people want it to, but it's never gone out of style. It's the truth will always be the truth, is the truth, was the truth, and even into eternity will be the truth. What does God expect of us, especially as men? Be brave, be strong, be filled with him, lead our families in righteousness, lead our communities in righteousness, rise up and do something worthy of his name. So men, especially, Ladies, again, don't rib your husband too much. If he hasn't lived up to this, those ribs are soft. <laughs> so just from this one verse, we can understand that men, let's put it in kind of a modern context, men are to stand against tyranny. When you have an overreaching government and tyranny, we are supposed to rise up and stand against it. Men, especially, and ladies, thank you for helping us. But I'm speaking primarily to the men because it's time for men to take their place again. Men are to stand against wickedness. Why are there so many child molesters in this earth? Because there's not enough real men that's putting a stop to it. Now, I'm not advocating violence, please. That's not what I'm saying. But if we would just jump in between those children or the ladies and those who seek their harm, we could put a stop to a lot of it. And the world, those perverts will know, you can't do that here because the real men are rising up and putting a stop to it. Men are to stand against anything and everything that would harm their wives, their children, their community. There's no virus, no mandate, no overreaching government will be able to stand against men who know who they are and willing to lock arms as brothers and fight against unrighteousness and wickedness. That's what the born-again, spirit-filled believer in Jesus Christ is to look like. For far too long, we've been preaching wimpy messages that created wimpy people. 
especially wimpy men. We talk about the love of God, and then we use the world's definition of love instead of God's definition of love. What do I mean by that? The Bible tells us clearly that God doesn't have love. He is love. So everything God does is out of love, and he flooded the earth to protect what wasn't even there yet, the lineage of Jesus. That was a manifestation of love. And we use the world's definition of, hey, hey, don't call me on my stuff because that's unloving. No, that's world's definition of love. God's definition of love is I'm going to call you on it so you can get set free and be heaven bound, not hell bound. I think this is my last verse, maybe. No, it's not. Put the long-winded preacher last, yeah. Mark, we have to talk. <laughs> Revelation 21, verse 7 and 8 says this, the one who conquers will inherit these things. I will be his God and he will be my son. That's the conquerors. But there's the next part of it, verse eight says, but as for the cowards, this is in the word of God. Most people don't even understand what God thinks about cowards, but he says, but the cowards, unbelievable, the unbelievers, the detestable persons, murderers, the sexually immoral, and those who practice magic spells, idol worshipers, and all those who lie, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. That is the second death. God puts murder, idolatry, witchcraft on the same level as cowards. Or should I say cowards on that same level with them? We tend to think of people, oh, you know, they're just a little frightened, a little whatever. No, no, God says that's on the same level as murder, deserving of the same punishment as the murderer. I want you to think about that for a moment. I want to ask you this. Don't raise your hand. Don't shout anything out. Just think about this. Have you ever heard that coming from a pastor's mouth? And yet here it is in the word of God. I didn't make it up. I'm just telling you what God said. That if you overcome, God will, you will be, you will inherit everything good and he'll call you his son. But if you don't overcome and you fall into any one of these categories, including being a coward, eternal damnation is your reward. I don't know about you. That makes me just want to go lift some weights or something. I don't want to be viewed by anybody or anything as a coward. When people see me, I want them to see a real man, but a man of God. When God sees me, he want, I want him to see some strength of his son in me. I want to protect others. I want to rise up and stand for righteousness. Well, what if it costs you your, your life? I'll go home to be with Jesus. Big deal. I've never understood the, the, the fearfulness in many Christians, they claim Jesus, that they're on their way to heaven, it's going to be better, and then the opportunity arises and they hide. Now, trust me, believe me, I'm not saying I want to go run in to do something stupid, just, you know, but if need be, I want to put all that aside and rise up and do what's right, even if my life is on the line, because Jesus certainly put his life on the line for you and I. Proverbs 28, 1, and this is my last verse. I'm surprised you didn't applaud. It's all right. <laughs> Proverbs 28, 1 says, the wicked run when no one is chasing them, but the godly are as bold as lions. The godly are as bold as lions. I don't know about you, but it's time for some godly men and women to rise up, but especially godly men, because men are, biblically speaking, supposed to be the leaders in the home, the leaders in the community. Ladies, please don't misunderstand me. It doesn't mean you can't be. But when men take their rightful place, it actually frees you ladies up to do even more. Just read, it's the truth. 
Read Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 talks about a woman that's a businesswoman. She takes care of her house well. She takes care of the community well. She takes care of business well. Why? Because her husband is hanging around sitting at the gate. Now, that sounds like he's not doing much. In reality, he's not physically, but that means that he has done what he needed to do in his life, and he's risen to the place of elder in the city, a very important person because he did what he was supposed to do, which freed his wife to do what she's supposed to do. And men, it's time that we start working on being that elder in the city. Somebody that the rest of the city, the rest of the community looks to us because of our wisdom, because of our strength, because of our tenacity, because of our ability and our integrity, because we did jump in front of somebody when harm was coming towards them. We did raise up a business that was worthy of the name of Jesus. We did walk with integrity. We took our children to church and now our children are out pillars in their community. When we can do that, ladies, you will appreciate it because it frees you to become everything and more than you could even imagine in every other realm of society, not just in the home, but in the business world, in the, in the community. As a matter of fact, it says in Proverbs 31, and I'm going to paraphrase, but the, the husband that's at the gate even brags about his wife and how great she is. That's what real men do. We become something that the rest of the community can look at and say, I want to be like him. I want my family like his family. I want my children like his children. And that's, that's very rare in our world today. But I want to applaud you for being here because that tells me, regardless of anything else that might be going on in your life, you're here. You're receiving not just this word, but you're part of the prayer movement that is being launched right here today. So you're well on your way to fulfilling that mandate of being strong in the Lord and the power of his might and walking as a godly man and ladies, a godly woman. So I want to pray for everyone here. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that the spirit of fearlessness comes upon you and that spirit of power and that spirit of love and that spirit of a sound mind comes upon you and motivates you and moves you. Not fear. Do you know what our officers need? Fearless people. Because fearful people are weak people and weak people are the troublemakers. The strong don't need to go prove themselves. The strong, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually especially, they don't need to be out there trying to prove themselves. They're not out on the streets causing problems. Why? Because the strong are building businesses, building homes, building families, building a community. Not working against what they do, but working with them to create a better community. It's the weak that are causing problems. And as especially men become weaker and weaker and weaker in our nation, crime goes up and up and up. But when men especially take their place fearlessly, strength will come back into our community. Crime will drop and we'll all have a better life for it. Bow your heads if you would. Father God, I thank you and I praise you for this event. And I bless Mark Maldonado. I bless the AV Chamber. I bless Pastor Adrian and everybody that worked so hard to put this together. We have blessed the lemon leaf. We blessed the country club, Lord Jesus, just for allowing us to be here. I pray, Father, that that spirit of fear would be broken off of each and every one of us, destroyed and gone forever. As a matter of fact, I bind up that spirit and I cast it out in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would loose from heaven and loose into us and over us that spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. Give us strength that we've never known before. Give us power that we've never seen before. Let us rise up and be true men of God, true women of God. Raise up true families to God. Build true communities that would honor God. 
Father, I thank you and I praise you because again, this is a movement. This is a movement. This is not just an, an event. This is a movement. And much of that movement picks up speed, begins right here tonight, but especially, or this morning, but especially in the hearts and the minds of everybody here. And I pray that, Father, we would be contagious and we would take this fearlessness, this strength, this power, and touch other people's lives with it so they catch what we've caught from you. I pray for an open heaven, not just over this place physically, but over each and every one of us spiritually, where you have continual access to, to our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits, and we have continual access to the very spirit of the living God. I pray that we don't miss a beat, Lord Jesus, and that if we struggle in any area, any area in our heart, our mind, our life, that, Father, you would come in and miraculously set us free and set us on a path of righteousness, holiness, purity, and strength once again. And, Father, I know that all these wonderful people came up here and, and prayed and blessed, and I just say I agree. I'm with them. I'm behind them. I stand with them. We bless our law enforcement. We bless our, our community as a whole, our first responders. We, I bless each and every one here and what we represent, our businesses, our homes, our families, our churches. Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to be here. Thank you for this, this day of prayer that this country still has on the books, that we can still come and do this. And for every freedom that has been stripped from us, Lord, we are rising up and we will take them back and we will not stop until we are living the life you have deemed for us in this nation. And it's going to be truly, once again, one nation under God because we, the people, are rising up. And I thank you and I praise you and I glorify you for all that you are doing in and around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. You know, ladies and gentlemen, it is really, truly my hope that the body of Christ, the church, what I call the church or the body of Christ, as, as my good friend Daniel Jew says, uh, not, it's, he doesn't look at it as the church because Jesus said, I will build my church. So the church is perfect. It's just we, his ambassadors, his representatives, aren't always perfect. So whatever phrase or however you choose to describe it, we who claim Christ... It's really time for us to rise up in strength and in power, the strength and power that was given to us by God himself through Jesus Christ. We should be changing the world. We should be world changers. We should be doing uh, such powerful works of righteousness that it literally changes the atmosphere, uh, communities, neighborhoods, cities, states, nations. We have that power. We have that authority. We just have to rise up and use it. So it is my hope and my prayer that something was said, something was done, and prayers were prayed that will change people's hearts and minds into the very image of Jesus. And the same power that he walked in, we walk in as well. God bless you. I hope you had a fantastic day on this National Day of Prayer. Uh, if you listen to this before you go to some event, please look in your city. There still may be an event that you can go to and be part of the collective voice of prayer in your city, in your neighborhood, and in your region. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers. I truly appreciate you. You can write me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. That's gwccrobert at gmail.com. Please let me know how I'm doing. 
Remember to pick up some of our merchandise. You can find the link at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Until next time, be continually blessed.